0: G'day. Welcome back to another podcast. This is uh, podcast series one, lockdown edition. Yes. It's going to be the one of one because uh, as a lot of you would know by now, everyone would know by now, Perth went into a minor lockdown, a one-week lockdown. Uh, It is currently the Saturday after lockdown is finished. Lockdown finished Friday, 6 Mm p.m. So we're fresh out of lockdown, but we're creating this podcast as a series number one, episode one,
1: and also the finale and also the finale (laughs) so get excited because there's a jam packed of action yeah that's true (laughs) that's it well yeah um, so for the I actually was thinking about this a lot of our viewers might not be WA based because if they've come across from True Footy a lot of those are yeah Victorian based so you might not actually be that cluey as to the specifics of what's going on here okay Um, should we do a short brief of what happened yeah yeah. we can wear short briefs
0: Um, I actually do have my briefs on at the moment um, which means I have great flexibility (laughs) Um, I know <laughs> <laughs> um, So essentially what happened was a uh, security guard at a quarantine hotel tested positive for coronavirus last Sunday mm-hmm. um, And as a result we went into immediate lockdown I think we got the news at around
1: 1pm Sunday Something like that the, and in, Mark McGowan did the old 12pm live stream came on at 1 Sure See I don't do that on True Footy
0: we don't because you have missed the game. Yeah, <laughs> you'd yeah, be like, "Oh, it's the second quarter, and who's playing again?" <laughs> so uh, we went to like an immediate lockdown starting at six p.m. on a Sunday, on the Sunday, um, and five day. Lockdown. Yeah, they did. They did extreme uh, like tracing um, and contact tracing. Yeah, uh, and we had ridiculous numbers of testing uh, done for coronavirus throughout the week. Uh, I think the first week was like sixteen k from memory. The first day, yes, yeah, yeah. So that's the first week. Yeah. First k, first first day was sixteen thousand tests. Yeah. Um, over the whole week we had zero cases. Yeah, it's incredible. Which but, is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, so we we went into it. It was a, always going to be a five day lockdown. Yep. Um, and we were, we were, yeah, we were at home. Uh, yeah, it's about twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, I actually saw it in the group chat. Uh, a couple of boys in the group chat were like, just so you know, boys, it's about to break that there's going to be a positive COVID test. community did do I don't know. Someone has friends in high places. I didn't actually ask. Um, but then someone else said, yeah, no, I've heard that in another chat. So I was like, ooh. And then I Googled Perth COVID and it said Mark McGowan doing a press conference at 12 o'clock. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, yeah, this is obviously true. Um, so we watched the press conference, five-day lockdown. Uh, so that meant working from home, wearing masks, which is something that Perth, we've never had to do. No. Um, whereas I think in Victoria, that was a thing all through that lockdown.
0: It's huge in America as well. They, they're they still pretty active. Like you can go out and go to dinner and restaurant and whatnot, but they've been wearing masks for the, the longest time.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So it's normal to some extent for everyone else, except for us. So yeah. like we didn't have masks or maybe you did. did you, you had some. No, you didn't. Oh, when did you get yours?
0: Oh no, they were they were unrelated. They're for like adventures. So like people, oh. <laughs> people wear them when they're like fishing. People wear them snowboarding. Yeah. I just, I just bought reason. a heap of them because I saw them and they're cool. So okay. like, gotcha. Um, I have these like face shields. Mm. Uh, it's basically like a fabric sock for your face, essentially. Yeah. Um, a little tube, um, and yeah, they're they're made for like adventure stuff. Oh okay,
1: I thought you just had them for some reason. But yeah, uh, anyway. But us. So our thinking was it's twelve o'clock. Um, I didn't know if I was gonna go into work, you certainly were, not because I work in retail, but where the Bunnings was essential, turned out it was. Yep. Uh, my And we also had no groceries in the fridge. Terrible. Five day lockdown, and we didn't have masks, or at least at that time, I certainly didn't. So uh, our thinking was, all right, we'll just go to the shops, get all the groceries we need, Try and lock down for five and we, days.
0: we do normally leave it to a Sunday to
1: do our grocery shopping. Yeah. like That's just how we our routine always has worked out. I, I couldn't have cooked dinner that night no. if I hadn't have gone to the shops. Yeah. And I, would no, I had no idea what was in store for me when I got to the shops. Yeah.
0: So we hear it and we're straight on the front foot. We're like, all right, let's... We'll hear him out. But once we feel like it's at a stage where we, we have all the details that, that are necessary, we'll leave... The show and we'll, we'll leave the broadcast and we'll go to the shops before people finish it and then yep. go to the shops yep. thinking we would be ahead of people mm. and jesse wait until the viewers how it worked
1: out <laughs> uh well we drove down to the local coles which is like a two minute drive and you could see from a distance it was jam-packed yep. everyone had the same idea um and thankfully we got there pretty early though like mm. i didn't have to queue because you had to drop me off you drove so when we got there it was packed getting into it, yeah.
0: And there was absolutely no car park, so the first thing that we did was Jesse hopped out and went in to grab the stuff, mm-hmm. while I, I did circles in the car, basically of the car park, because yeah. like there was, if we were going to wait to find a park, and then it was either going to take an hour to find a park to then even just get in, or it was going to be with the park like a twenty minute walk away to then walk. So easiest thing was Jesse got out, went in, got the stuff that for us to eat for the week, while I just pretty much mm. did laps of the car park, yeah, uh, trying to find a park.
1: So I got there early enough that I didn't have to queue up to get into Coles. Like yep. if you looked at the news, people were queuing outside of the actual, the, the store. Yeah. Um, whereas I went straight in. However, like people were, by the time I'd got there, the queue for the front of the, it's a fairly large Coles. The queue's obviously at the front of the store. All the way to the back of the frozen food section, which is the very back corner. That's where the queue was.
0: I can't even believe that. I. Yeah,
1: it's insane. Like you physically could not like, and then there was two queues around the perimeter and they were both back to back. <laughs> so, um, I, I, and to be in our defence, like we didn't panic buy. We bought enough for a few days of food. So I got you like a nine, nine thighs, chicken thighs. I got myself that a couple of frozen pizzas, bread, uh, butter, eighteen eggs, eighteen eggs. Yeah, had to buy the caged eggs, which I don't normally do, mm-hmm. um, but had to this time. It was the single only carton left on the shelf um i was like looked at it i was like there's one on the shelf what am i gonna, you know when you open up to check at eggs i was like what am i gonna find in here <laughs> everyone's fucking left this single one <laughs> thankfully it was all good yeah it was but, um but yeah anyway um you're waiting for me and i was like oh this would probably be about 20 minutes it's probably in there for an hour and a half to two hours and uh, that was a quick shot as well yeah yep. um so yeah that was i was one of the schmucks who was <laughs> caught at coles for that period of time but there were definitely people panic buying like you could see the amount of toilet paper... Why, for a five-day lockdown, did everyone go buy a toilet paper? It doesn't make any sense. I, yeah, that it's was... Just, it's just not needed either. Like, you don't use that much toilet paper. Yeah. Like, no, it
0: doesn't, yeah. I don't know why you're going to buy multiple packs of it. Like, yeah. if you buy a big pack of toilet paper, that stuff lasts you months. Mm. Like, unless you're shitting an absurd amount, or you're using an entire roll just to wipe your coit. And <laughs> rustle. Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, why? Like... <laughs> Unless, maybe there's, like, other things they can do with it. Like, is it a substitute for pasta? <laughs> like, can you make coffee out of it? Like, is are we missing something? Is there I something that you can do with toilet paper that, that we don't know you can do with
1: it? Yeah. I don't know. Because
0: people buy a ridiculous amount and it it just... Yeah. yeah. But that, that was one big thing that I noticed. So, obviously, you noticed, obviously, the panic buying. What I noticed being in the car and driving around was that people just... Freaking out in their mm-hmm. cars and mm-hmm. driving so radically mm-hmm. people taking risks that you would normally you wouldn't see on the road. Like yeah. for example, uh, trying to c- cross the road to go into like say the coals or trying to get out or whatever like that. People were like hitting gaps that you just wouldn't yeah, do it, wouldn't it normally. Attempt, yeah. And like and say like though people they were turning in, people were so eager to make that turn that so many cars would, it would bank up that there would be cars then going streaming out onto the road. Mm-hmm. So now they're blocking this traffic. Like just things like that, where you look at it and you think, like, when when have you ever done that? Like, yeah. and I you, I almost want to go up to the car and be like, "Excuse me, sorry, when have you ever put yourself in this situation before?" Like, yeah. oh, never, I never do this. Like, why the fuck are you doing it now? Yeah. Like, are you like? There's not. It's not enough to freak out over to then put other people at danger because that's just making everything worse. Exactly. People yeah. are being so much more reckless, so much more dangerous that like it's just putting everyone in greater risk. And I just I just don't get it. Like, why you can't? I would understand if like there was like. I don't know, a guy running around the store stabbing people. Like, sure, like that, that's cause of concern. Get out as fast as you can. But we're talking about a singular case. We're talking about going to get groceries. It, I don't think there's enough urgency mm. to warrant that kind of behavior. And it just sure. blows my mind that people like have such little composure. Composure. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, you're right. I think what happens though, and I can say from experience, as being someone who was pretty rational about the situation as we were, and I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't panicking or anything, um, as such. But when I walked in, I must admit it was hard to stay calm. And when I say calm, I wasn't about to freak out. But in, in terms of being like at a normal level of calm while you do your shopping, there's just something about everyone like being on edge around you that it was hard to just stay like yeah. rational about it. I was like, this feels like apocalyptic. Yeah. Because of all the people around me, um, like just grabbing things off the shelf, I'm just like. Yeah, like I think it's just a case where everyone's sort of unwittingly having that effect on each other. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a big circle jerk of um, of maybe not panic, but just like tension. Yeah, it's a flow on effect. So
0: if someone freaks out, automatically someone else is going to match their level of intensity. And then that just flows on. And then basically what it gets to is like there can be a 100 people... Ten people can be freaking out, which makes other people be like, "Hang on, should it, like what? Like, why are they acting like that? Do, do I need to act like that? Like, am I missing something?" And then that raises their sort of uh, intensity level, and then like it just, I guess, it just flows on from there until everyone's just freaking out and rushing around, buying random shit, mm. buying three. 18 bags <laughs> of fact, toilet worked, paper yeah, like and, a
1: year's worth of toilet paper yeah and yeah. all that
0: kind of stuff but um i mean your experience of lockdown was very different to mine mine mm. i literally didn't leave the house i was only mm. able to leave the house for that hour that i got for uh, exercise. exercise you were able to go to work yes what yep. was what was what was your lockdown experience like being able to at least exit the house although albeit exiting it with a mask on having to deal with Having a mask all day, all that kind yeah. of stuff. What what was your experience like? It, with of it like, of it like?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It was different. So I have spent forty hours in a mask this week, as opposed to some people who work from home. Um, I so literally
0: wore a mask, yeah. an
1: hour a day. See, yeah, that was when when McGowan's lifted the um, the lockdown. Well, so just to go back on that, we've lifted lockdown at the moment, but we are still heavily restricted. Like the difference between us being locked down and us right now is actually not that great. I think the only difference is now restaurants. Can be opened, um, and you can go to the pub and sit down and drink. Other and we that, can go to work. Okay, oh, you can, of course you can. Yeah, okay, so yeah, fair enough. They've so prepared. basically, it's
0: all it's essentially all back to normal, except masks are still mandatory. And not um, clubs there and- are no clubs open. Yeah, um, there is 150 capacity for large venues, 100 people yeah. capacity. Um, and there is no dance floors, no dancing. If you go somewhere, you must be seated. Yeah. You can't go in there and stand at the bar. You can't go there and do
1: those sort kind of things. So obviously, that no dance holds course. capacities. Um, Sport is probably open back up now. Like footy training will be back. So footy footy training is yeah. back up and running. And we okay. Anywhere. So there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, My point was shit.
0: <laughs> but th- that's essentially what what we're dealing with at the moment. And yeah. I I assume those things will sort of last for a while. Mm. I think um I think the mask thing will be around for a while. Unfortunately, just because I think. The effectiveness of the mask in other countries has proven itself. Yeah. Okay. And at the end of the day, it is a minor thing, but it seems mm. to have. Uh, they they seem to believe like just from hearing from like the press conferences and whatnot, they seem to believe in like its effectiveness and what it what it can bring. So yeah. it might just be a thing going forward that is the easiest way to like let people have their fun, and then just like mm. a small barrier that might help us go going forward. I guess.
1: I hope not personally yeah <laughs> I mean I, 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 I haven't it done it say, yet so this yeah. week
0: I'll obviously uh, have oh, my true. first week of wearing a mask constantly good point so I'll see how that goes but I've got some masks that I bought online some like bonds fabric ones which apparently yeah. are apparently really nice and easy to wear so we'll see how that goes see it might be a bit easier mm. but um yeah
1: Oh, yeah to get back to your question about what work was like uh, not a lot changed uh, other than the mask you do get used to the mask you do get used to this faint smell of pussy as you wear the mask <laughs> I was debating internally if I was going to describe that, but it has a very specific smell. the Mask, <laughs> anyway, um, you do get get used to the smell. Other than the straps really cutting down to your ears, um, yeah, you, you you kind of forget you're wearing it after a while. Sure. I, I literally just went. To, so the gyms are reopened. I went to the gym and wore a mask, and actually it was completely fine. Yeah, yeah. I think the fact that I'd been working all week in a mask probably prepared me that for, for that a little bit. But I, the other thing I was going to say is. It's kind of a cynical view, but I look at um, how much McGowan and West Australians are clapping themselves on the back for how we've gotten through this and how we locked down and um, really sacrificed a lot. But it's not... We didn't really lock down that hard. If you look at some of the people going shopping, they're not shopping for essentials. People are getting... They're pushing the limits of what they're allowed to get away with. Yeah. And they're going to stores that probably aren't always selling... You know, essential goods, there's like loopholes, and people are people have had a more normal week than perhaps we thought we would on Sunday at night. Like, I don't know about you, but I like it, it felt like everything was changing on Sunday, like it felt like really monumental. But having reflected back on the week, um, as someone who has been out and about, it's not like the, the roads are not empty, people are still driving yeah. around constantly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I to, to me, my reaction is. We've gotten very lucky. There's been no community transmission. I don't think it's because the Perth people have really sacrificed that much. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Not so much to yourself. Like, as you said, you barely left the house this week. Yeah. So you've done the right thing. Uh, I've had to leave the house for work. But there's a lot of people out there. I just think, you know, you haven't really committed to this idea of staying home as much as perhaps you could have.
0: And that probably comes down to, uh, like, Mark, we're going again. Like, if a store is open and it's allowed to be open and it's selling certain goods which aren't, like strictly or like classified as essential, mm. um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But say if like, the, the sport a sports store was like yeah, open and, you, and you got R2 people R2. in there buying shit, and that probably is an issue because that's not lockdown. Mm. It's, up to, it's up to McGowan. Like McGowan, let that store be open. If the store is open, then you have the right to shop in it. I suppose. Sure. Like if not, if you're in lockdown, close those stores and then sort of set the precedent of like this isn't essential. you not. You can't shop for this mm. through this week. Yeah. Through this week, you can shop at Carls Bunnings yeah basically leave it at that in my opinion like obviously leave like maybe doctor surgery is open for extreme cases and things like that but other than that why is a gym kit open
1: yeah yeah exactly what, what, was it open i don't know oh, I, I don't, I but don't know things, but things like that i guess there's some examples of the loopholes would be something like bunnings right which sells an enormous range of stuff yeah so some of the things that bunnings sell are essential i think anything related to trade and construction is considered essential yes so that you get that Plumbing sur- um, plumbing supplies, if you tap or you're, you know, your plumbing breaks in your house, that's essential. You've got to fix that. Same with electrical. Yeah. There were... It's too hard to police that around like you can only come in and buy this small list of stuff. Yep. It's not possible. you gotta,
0: you got to open all the Bunnings and, uh, and allow all the yep. stock to be purchased if that's going to be the case. Exactly.
1: You? And then as soon as that's allowed, that's what happens. Yep. And things go back to normal pretty well. So... Um, yeah, I think I think it's, a lot of it comes down to luck—the fact that we've had no community transmission. Mm. What do you? What were your thoughts like on um, on Sunday as it was happening? Like when you were watching the press conference, were you? Did it stress you a little bit?
0: I was pretty good to be honest. Yeah. Um, the Sunday I felt fine. Like I wasn't anxious. Didn't have any sort of mm. underlying feeling. Yeah. Of that uh, type. Okay. Um, through the week I sort of got a bit over it. Yeah. Working from home is hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because it's like this is where I this is where I chill. This is where I relax. Like I don't, I don't put myself in like switch, stressful envo- situations in my home. So like trying to switch on to work mode is extremely hard because mm. it's not my it's not my environment that I've created for it. Like yeah. I, the, when when we first moved into this place, I wasn't designing it. I wasn't like setting furniture up to be like okay, this is gonna be my yeah. workstation where this is this is where the shit's gonna get done. Mm. Like I do have a desk in that, but like my PlayStation set up there. Like it's still, it's still very relaxed over in that section. So yeah. that's the hard bit is like trying to, uh, pull yourself away and like get mm. into that mind frame. Mm. I also spoke to a lot of the younger guys at work and they all had the same issue and everyone said like motivation is very low. Productivity is very low. Um, also generally in, in my sort of business, uh, or my line of work, I should say generally is very quiet anyway. Yeah. So like there's not a lot on anyway. So you sort of sit around home you don't really have anything that's motivating you because there's no like jobs that are coming up there's nothing like that you're just sort of like cleaning things up doing some administrative work Mm. it really makes you just want to like just fucking turn it off and just go sit down and just like watch some tv like it's it's super hard so um Mm. that was probably the one thing and it's just yeah
1: morale is probably a bit lower as well if you don't know how long you're gonna be doing it for because like at the start of the week we said five day lockdown but it seemed like impossible that there were going to be no cases for sure, at the for time. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's yeah another thing we're talking about. But um, yeah, maybe there's a fact like it's hard to just snap back into work from home when you're just uncertain about how long it's going to be yeah. for as well. Yeah. You know I mean? The
0: uncertainty is the thing that drives you nuts. Yeah. Um, How were you Sunday? And, and I guess Sunday and also like part two of the question, how were you through the week? Did you have any moments where you're like this is the new normal and I fucking hate it. Mm. Did you have any of those sort of realizations that I, I'm not happy with the way that we have to like operate and move around?
1: Yeah, I like, and not in a sense that uh, I was, I was not critical of the lockdown at all, I understand. Um, we've had life normal for the last 10 months. Yeah. Um, and we're extremely less than small sacrifices, particularly a five day lockdown. You gotta do what you gotta do. I think for me on a personal level, I was fucking flat on Sunday. Cause I remember the last pod, I said two things, which are ironic. I said. Um, I'm out of touch with COVID-19, such as how blessed we are. We haven't had to think about it for so long. (laughs) And then this happened. Yeah, flipped on its head. Yeah, and I also said to you, I'm feeling good these days and I'm feeling physically strong and I'm feeling mentally strong and, like, I'm in a really good place. And all I could think was when we potentially went into lockdown was uh, you can't help but think about what the worst-case scenario is and that would be, oh, shit, we're going the way of Melbourne. lockdown for months. Yeah. for me my immediate thought was socializing because socializing is important to me like i, I don't want to especially if i didn't know if i was even going to go to work at this point um no socializing no gym a gym's been a huge part of my lot well life yeah for a while but in particular the last six months starting to feel good about myself just in good shape um having little wins just like. Even that structure, that routine yep. gets me out of the house, the biology of it, like the, the endorphins, endorphins yep. and also even just like ticking little goals. Like the other day I benched 92 and a half by myself, which is the most I've benched probably like three four years. Yeah. And like that small win gives you confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah I'm, I'm sure I don't need to explain the, the benefits of going to the gym. And then also the threat to true footy this season with football. I was like, what if... What if the whole football season is now under threat because of COVID? Like that was where my mind went on Sunday. So I was flat as fuck and also was under the assumption this would definitely not be five days. Yeah, And it's ended up being two weeks. I, I, if, if you had told me this is definitely five days, I would have been completely fine. It was more like this could end up bad. And yeah, I, it was the first time I really related to people who had like, obviously mental health is a big issue around COVID because a lot of people are isolated and I, I felt for the first time, I was like, yeah, I could see how, um, or I could relate to it. I was like, I could see how this could be really shit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than like being in the UK, if you live by yourself or something, as I know people who, who do that, um, being completely locked down would take its toll. So yeah, at the moment I'm grateful though, I don't know how we have no community transmission so far. Yeah. It does seem a little El Shtanko. It
0: does. It's quite, quite amazing, quite shocking.
1: Mm. It is a bit bizarre because the, what was told to us, um, and it, it, I don't know if it's just sensationalist media, but it seemed to be just pretty factual, like the reports we were getting on Sunday about the security guard who's uh, working at a COVID hospital. Uh, sorry, COVID um, hotel. Mm-hmm. He's a security guard um, on the floor where people with confirmed cases of COVID are apparently working without a mask. <laughs> apparently. I don't know how that happens. Um, there's a lot of misinformation about how he got it, but what he did was call in sick on I think it was the Thursday. Took two days off, and in that time, while he had, was sick and had symptoms and was exposed to people with COVID nineteen confirmed cases, this guy walked all around Perth. Like yep. I cannot understand how dumb you have to be to to do that.
0: I think I think that's the problem in itself, right there, is the fact that um, without uh, Without really knowing and without offending the guy and and sort of yeah. disrespecting him, he's probably not going to be a very highly educated man. I would assume. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it's not hard to become a security guard. I think it's, it's yeah. a, a little cert, and
1: you're there. He was from the subcontinent as well, and not to generalize, but that might yeah. might be from a right different background. So yeah. I, d-
0: I don't think he's highly educated. I don't think he's highly educated in COVID. Yeah, I don't think he's highly educated in like the yeah. responsibility that he holds, mm. and um. I think, like, for the government to put people like that on the watch and, and, mm. and in, this, in that sort of situation where, like, they could, yeah. they could be the, the pure cause. A one person mm. in that role could be the pure cause of a complete outbreak yeah. if they don't do their job correctly. Yeah. I think it's on them for obviously hiring someone that isn't up to date, it isn't, isn't up to speed, it hasn't been briefed yeah. properly. Yeah. Like, why, why don't we have police officers doing it? Why don't mm. we have, like, people that are, understand what their, what their roles are and just like yeah, allowing someone, and when he calls in sick, like the first thing they should say is, they should say is, right, you're in you're in isolation. Yeah. If you're calling in sick and you're you're doing this job, yeah. you're you're in five isolation. We're gonna get you tested. We'll send someone out to you. Uh, we're gonna make sure that it's not COVID. Yeah, hundred percent. And so yeah. I, I don't think it's it was handled correctly. I think obviously there were missteps. Yeah. Um, in in the situation, which it sort of makes me wonder because. If you're going to set up a COVID hotel, the structure around that needs to be solid. It needs to be airtight. <laughs> there can be no gaps. Like it needs yeah. to be like a, a the most, because there's cases there. Like mm. it's confirmed cases in that environment. Yeah. Like letting that get out, mm. it could shut down the entire city as we saw for a week. Luckily there was no community uh, transmission, but I mean, mm. that, this guy was all around Perth. Yeah. All around Perth, went to so many different places. Uh, and further, like a second point to that is he was also apparently an Uber driver, mm. albeit when he called in sick, he didn't do any trips since then. But the fact of the matter is, this guy is a security guard at a COVID hotel and doing Uber driving. Like, mm. pay the man. Why? You, what? Like, yeah. if, if this is his job, why are you paying him so little that he has to go work uber as well yeah and how was that even possible how, how was like again how was you not briefed how was like things structures put in place where they say you cannot do it like you cannot work any other jobs like, this is your job we're mm. gonna play you we're gonna pay you well if you're doing this unfortunately you have to go to work go home go to work go home while this is up and running because this is too of a dangerous situation for mm. you to be out for looking around the city yeah like it's it's just it just blows my mind that the structure wasn't placed around him, and he wasn't briefed, and they and they didn't do enough in yeah. in, in in those uh, in those terms.
1: There's definitely a lot of bullshit, like a lot of misinformation around. Like, for instance, I think the original story was that. He caught it. His interaction with the person who had COVID was um, a medication drop. And then yes. that got retracted. So I don't even know what the current story is. But
0: well, that's that's what I th- thought was the case. I didn't I yeah. didn't know if it was retracted.
1: I, I saw somewhere they, they quashed that. They were like, no, that didn't happen. I don't know what the latest is on that. But either way, like stories are getting put out there and then taken out. Um, and that just speaks to me like somebody's fucked up. And like you said, maybe... Maybe they didn't tell him not to isolate when he got sick. Maybe that was the failure of the process. Yep. Like they're probably conducting a review into all that stuff now. And he went
0: to a fucking GP. Yeah. He went to a general practitioner to get COVID tested. Like that is just the yeah. most. That's if you walk into any hospital or any so any like uh, doctor, surgery, GP, whatever. Mm. There's literally notes on the door that say, if you have COVID symptoms, do not enter this premises. Right. Go yeah. home. Call the hotline. Go go get tested. This mm. is not the place to do it. Yeah, like there are people, sick people around here. The last thing we need is a COVID outbreak in this vicinity. Yeah, and he's done exactly that, mm. which just like again blows my mind as to like why precautions weren't taken. Yeah, I mean, and everyone's sort of blaming this dude, and, and that is fair enough.
1: But the the pure ownership is not on him. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, and I think from what I read, he's actually doing it pretty tough at the moment. So yeah, you don't. Him any- a lot of flack. You don't want anyone to to feel like fucking. No. Suicidal over something like no this. thankfully as well it seems like we're okay at the moment so. for sure yeah but i mean you know what the thing you said as well that i think is really sus is that he's an uber driver so mcgowan came out and said you can't really police second jobs and he's probably got a point you can't really stop anyone working a second job um you can only punish it after the fact yes do you know what i mean so like it's too hard to like regulate it but if you're I mean, right is
0: it though? I mean, to, to get this job, right, mm. he's, he would have to be briefed at some point, right? They're not going to just throw him into this hotel without a briefing. He would have got briefed in some sense. Yeah. Is it hard to say, you don't. cannot work another job? If we find out that you do, you'll be fined. Mm. Like, I understand you can't police it. You can't be gone around checking they're not, but you yeah. can tell them at the start. Mm. And when they do it and don't obey the orders, you can you can find them. Like, yeah. that is that is what policing is. Mm. Like, that's... that's how every law works is we're told we're not allowed to do something. If you do it, you get charged, like yeah. whether it's jail time, suppose, whether yeah. it's a fine, like, so I don't really understand that point. Cause I've heard that point a few times and I still don't understand it. Cause he, yeah. he, he would have been briefed at some point and it's not hard to bring that up and t- say that what the issue obviously is, is they didn't say it right. They didn't like, no one had the, the forefront, the, uh, like the forevision to say like, all right, what are the potential problems that could happen? Yeah. They could work another job. And no one, no one thought right? that. Yeah. Um, they, could, they, they could catch it and spread it by acting like going around general sort of society around the community right well they can't do that we need to obviously pay them well because all they can do mm. is go to work and go home go to work and go home like I just feel like when they were rushing to get this stuff up and running they didn't go through and think about all those problems yeah and that's how it's backfired is this there's all slipped through gaps because it wasn't properly set up in the beginning for sure
1: I think these security guards the issue might be the way that they're employed so there, it's like, it would be a third party like security company sure. who provides these people. They might be casually employed, yep. in which case there may be regulations against yep. Yep. stopping someone working a second job if they're, I don't know, I'm spitballing. I understand what you're saying. Make it so that's not the case. Like yep. you can regulate it, which might be something that they look at now, you'd hope. But the the thing that I think is a fucking lie is that this guy, if he is a second, uh, got a second job, and it's worth noting as well, if he's from the subcontinent, which I believe he's from Bangladesh, he may have pressure on him to make as much money as he can to send home like mm. that is the case for a lot of people from that part of the world um and a lot of uber drivers as well they do it to make extra cash for their family so yeah. like they're trying to do the right thing um but so he's an uber driver supposedly hasn't driven a job since the 22nd of January which was like 4 days before no even like a week before the, the positive result
0: oh that was australia the positive result okay yeah so the twenty third okay
1: so a few days before the positive test he hadn't driven how come in all the places he's visited there was that many fuel stations yeah there was a ridiculous proportion of fuel stations there if he's not driving uber jobs why is he going to that many fuel stations i have one theory i'm thinking it's uber trying to protect their brand nice. well that well, i don't know how they have the influence to stop that being reported and yeah. hidden but it is a pr nightmare if an uber driver gets found to have covid19 yeah everyone goes to dd
0: that's a much better uh, conspiracy than mine. What was yours? He's a, he's a stoner. The man was uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's airtight, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've just been going around to people where they bring it up and be like, want to hear my conspiracy? And they're like, sure. Dude's a stoner. Guarantee it. Dude smokes weed. He's out there getting the snacky, getting Mate, munchies. He's yeah. out at the servo. That's what's going on right now. We've got, we got a COVID stoner on our hands. But why
1: would he go to different ones? I don't know, yeah. Yeah. No. My, oh, it's flawed. I'm, 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 I'm not saying it's airtight, but it's. Uh, yeah. My theory—I don't know how they could have the influence to do this—but somehow Uber's avoided it getting reported that he's, um, or they've been dishonest, I don't know I'm just talking shit, but yeah, it would make sense that because mm-hmm. to me, if he is going to all these fuel stations, but he's not Uber driving, yeah,
0: why? Come on, yeah, come. He, he went to two and like so he went to like three in two days, right? So he had like he went to one on the first day, then on the second day he went to two separate ones, right? Yeah, okay. It was all given. It was all around. The same area in yep. Perth. It was mm. all around that sort of like uh, Chewett Hill mm. uh, sort of area. Is that right? Okay. Um, so, because I actually I actually looked at it and like looked at all the different spots, and it was yeah. around a certain, like all that area. If yep. it was spread out within Perth, then it'd be way more so You'd be like why is he going Fair from enough. south to north and north to south and True. these fuel stations in between okay. he, it was all like it was there really
1: only three fuel stations i thought it was like five it, 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 right.
0: it was but um it was three in two days which yeah. is like the, oh, that's the, the two days that i'm sus about like if i
1: drive to bunbury and back i would only fill up once or twice for sure right yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that that's when you bring up that point that that's the two days that i'm sus about because yeah. that that's after his positive yeah. result yeah so it, it was like five or six, but there was a two day period where he went to three, mm. which is just like, why are you going to three? Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, if he's doing Uber driving, I think it would fall on those two days. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. I think it's just dumb. Like they obviously have outsourced the security guard. Mm. Um, they've got a third party and they're just putting him on and they're not being briefed properly. But I just feel yeah. like it's too serious of a job to do that. Yeah. Like the government need to take ownership. They need to hire people themselves to pay them well and they need to make sure that this is done correctly, where mm. they're around cases, they take all the precautions in terms of PPE, um, masks, gloves, whatever the fuck you got to do, um, and they let them know that, like, you're working a high risk job. What comes with high risk jobs is great pay, but also because you're getting paid well, you can only go to work, go home. Your community engagement needs to be very minimal. Mm you can't be out at nights. You can't be doing this because like you're at high risk. Yeah. And I, I I think that's like where the ownership should have come from. Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'd need to get like proper contracts for that. For sure. Set up. Yeah. I understand what you're saying though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think to some extent the process has been flawed. The fact that he a, is not wearing a mask when clearly the government believes that masks are really important like yeah. we've seen now it's hard to imagine now as someone who's worn a mask all week to think that if somebody who worked on the same floor as someone with a COVID-19 confirmed case didn't wear a mask that's ridiculous and and the non-isolating that was those are the two doozies yeah yep. big time but yeah anyway not to heap too much shit on that guy like no the thing is as well we're not completely out of the woods and that's why the restrictions are only uh, they're lifted slightly until next sunday which is valentine's day um, so people can have a normal Valentine's Day. Yeah, just in, just in time. I'll be working stock take. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and Sunday night, which is sick. Um, Bunnings do not like love. Yeah, that's all right. I, uh, I wouldn't have a date anyway. <laughs> no, I got that. Um, no, that was it, buddy. Um, but yeah, like obviously it is odd that this guy went to all these places. So much risk of exposure. This is supposedly the highly contagious UK variant and yet no one's tested positive yet. The only argument that's strong is that it's still incubating. And the yep. people who were tested initially hadn't obviously developed the virus properly to enough to be tested positive. Um, and they, they're gonna need to be tested like three or four times a week over the next and one more So week. there is an
0: incubation period where like- It's like five um, days, right? So you can be in contact with somebody and immediately after you can test negative, 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 negative And then all of a sudden after the fifth day you can test positive.
1: Yeah. Like we've all caught a flu from someone who was sick and you hadn't seen him in like three days. Like, or whatever it is, like the common cold. Yeah. yeah I always, I always
0: thought, thought that was like in relation to symptoms only. Like if you catch yeah. the virus, you catch the virus. So like. I, oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? So like, say if, if I got a, if I caught a cold from you, the next day I have a cold. I just don't have the symptoms of a cold yet. Yeah. yeah but it's yeah. still in my system. Like the yeah, virus yeah. is there. so that's that's one part that i am not confident in is is like what is this incubation period is it like Mm. as in like i can have contact and then three days later i can still test negative because if if that's the case why have we just had a five-day lockdown not a not a two-week lockdown exactly right so like if they're doing all these tests immediately after so like on a sunday and then monday through friday they've done all these tests and then we'll come back negative mm. and then they go on all Right, cool we can go back to normal <laughs> yeah what if all those people are just in incubation yeah I, I don't so know. that that's where i don't understand like yeah. is the incubation purely just in relation to the symptoms it's got to be some and, logic to it well and that because my my sort of way of thinking is without really knowing the answer is you you must be a test positive right if you've, if you've catch the virus you've catch the virus it's there in your system you're just not showing symptoms as of yet and that's mm. where the problem lies the problem lies is like people don't know they have it Because they haven't got symptoms yet, but they're still going around and spreading it.
1: Mm. The testing is not... 100%. It's not airtight as well, I don't think. Like, oh, we see lots of false positives, false negatives all the time. Um, And I believe there's multiple tests for COVID, which shows that there's some, like, grey area. Do you know what I mean? So, um, maybe the thing that they test for specifically doesn't show up until a few days after. I don't know. Yeah. Talking out of my ass here because I yeah. I don't understand buy it. But you'd have to like we have to think that there is some sort of logical basis for the five day period. For my theory, it was just it was. at first, it was just a, a um, what's the word? Let us down easy, so to speak. Not say boom, two week lockdown. Five days is a lot more tolerable to WA citizen or yeah. per citizens. Um, I thought that was the case that that would buy them time to do all the contract contact tracing see where we're at in terms of positive tests and then hit us with the real lockdown that's yep. what i was expecting sure um however we seem to be pretty happy with the fact that we haven't had any positive tests i presume like they identified like 160 probably more now close contacts of him and they were all tested or a lot of them have tested negative don't know how many exactly but most of them uh i presume they're all subject to two weeks i would hope mm. you'd hope mm-hmm two weeks isolation because that they're the, probably the biggest risk to us. Yeah. Um, how much, like, misinformation as well were, like, rumours getting started, like, on Sunday night, was it? Or even the next day? We were discussing rumours that we had 20 active cases. Yeah. And, like, I'd heard that from, like, two different people.
0: And um, there was a rumour floating around that there was an active case in Fremantle on the Saturday yeah, night.
1: Yeah, which I was in Fremantle on yeah, Saturday night. Which turned so. to be false. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you presume so. But, yeah,
0: I think... Chinese whispers, I don't know where these things come from but yeah. they, they spread like wildfire China, um, but yeah it's just sort of like transition out of it um, has is there anything that you've brought out of the five day lockdown that maybe the five day lockdown made you realise that you want to do better or things that you want to take advantage of while we do have like fairly reasonable freedom like did the five day lockdown make you realise like right. should i, I wish I did more of that or I wish I did more of this or was there anything that you brought out of the five days that you're now like really hot great on? It's, it's on the forefront of your mind like I'm going to take advantage of this because we don't know if we're going to get thrown in lockdown any time in the future.
1: No, not specifically. I think just the obvious stuff that I knew immediately when I was losing it, um, the gym mm-hmm. and uh, probably true footy stuff, yep. YouTube stuff. Like for instance, I had planned to go to see Jersey that afternoon to shoot a video. Obviously had the lockdown, couldn't see him. I'll probably go later today um so yeah just just the obvious stuff that i that i'm gonna miss um the gym and the ability to do youtube and stuff what about yourself
0: yeah much the same i think um i was just starting to get into a good like routine like i was starting to feel a bit better about things um pre-lockdown yeah okay so like my i feel like my routine was feeling really good i was feeling really good about football like going Mm. to free training and that felt good going to work felt really good like everything yeah. was just sort of like feeling really easy and I, and I was nothing felt like it was a drag mm. and then I was just to be thrown out in five-day lockdown which just throws your routine completely out of whack again yeah and then it always takes me a few weeks to get it back True. into that like uh like that really really strong structure yeah so I think again just like yeah just I just noticed that first of all and the first thing I thought was like, yeah, it's going to take me a few weeks to get back, get back to how I was feeling before. I was just feeling really good. Mm. Work was going well. I felt good at football training. I was doing like the gym, trying to get stronger as well, being pre-season. Yeah. And so I was just enjoying that. And then obviously all came to a halt for mm. five days. And yeah, it is what it is. Like, like you can't complain about it. But yeah. I definitely am aware that like... It's probably gonna take me another two weeks just to get back to that same sort of I was just feeling like I was on, on a I had momentum. I was on yeah. a roll. Like yeah, think, yeah. I was doing really well. Like I felt
1: exactly the same way. You like. know what
0: I mean? And then mm. it's sort of like it, it just stops your momentum. Momentum momentum's the hardest thing to like accumulate. It yeah. takes a few weeks to get get into that. Mm. And it feels great when you're in it. Yeah. Um so just getting to that. So I think that was the one thing that I was like, yeah, damn, I was I feel like I was picking up some nice momentum that felt good.
1: hundred percent, yeah. I think the gym's like a really good example of that when you when you go start going back to the gym for the first month, you feel like fuck, this is hard. Yeah. And then after a while, you just go through a phase. You're getting stronger every week, and I, it's an analogy for life, I guess. Really. Yeah. Did you find it, the challenges of working from home? You, you alluded to it, like distractions and you're not being super busy right now. But do you did you find your job harder when you don't have your colleagues around you?
0: For sure, yeah. Especially what I do, uh, I rely on like the guys that I sit next to. Yeah. So it it just it just makes communication with them easy. Like I mean, hard. So instead of just like, you know, swiveling my chair on a slight 45 to then ask a direct question to get a direct answer within five seconds, Mm. I then either need a call, they might miss the call, send an email, Mm. it might take an hour to get a response back. Like it just, it makes those sort of things that communication really hard, which um, I'm sure everyone can relate to communication in a workplace is obviously vital. Yeah. So it just makes those things hard, Mm. which um, then yeah, makes your job hard and then it just it just sort of builds frustration, I suppose, um, and yeah, just like annoys you and, and sort of yeah. gets you in a, in a bit of a weird mood with it all.
1: I was saying to you this last night, but uh, one thing I've learned about uh, the workplace is like when you when you get tense or like frustrated at a colleague or something, it's usually born out of not seeing them and seeing exactly what they're doing. So for me, uh, the way I relate to it is at say Bunnings when my um, my peer, my colleague doesn't open. So they work early in the morning and I come in at night to do the rest of the job. I don't see what they've been doing all day. So if I see like things look like shit, I'm just like, this is bullshit. Blah blah, blah. Yeah.
0: What have they been doing all day?
1: Yeah. Versus they might've had an absolute like stinker of a day. Yeah. but Or you got work... smashed with
0: customers or ABCD, yeah, yeah. choose any of them. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And just, it's easy to get frustrated at the other person when you don't um, see them. And yeah. I'd imagine working from homes like that when you just maybe not getting the answers you want or whatever, yeah. like, uh, it's just easy to, to put blame on people when they're not there in that moment. Yeah. I imagine that's quite a challenge.
0: Yeah, definitely yeah. is. Um, which is why I'm very keen to get back into the office and just yeah. sort of be around that environment again, be around be around the guys. Mm. Does It makes things so much easier.
1: And even your social life would have taken a bit of a hit this week just because like, you're good mates with who you work with, right? Yeah. So you just didn't see your mates for a week. And like a whole week to yourself in here, I, I would struggle. I, I That's the one thing I'm thinking about is trying to pursue a career as a creator. Like I'm going to be in my own space a lot the hardest thing i think if i if and when the time comes i leave bunnings this is the social life all my friends are there yeah versus me like potentially locking myself in in my shop for like seven days you know what i mean and
0: just sort of i guess to add to that there's not a huge like youtube scene in perth either so it's not like you can't you're not gonna be able to constantly go around and be collabing with other youtubers Mm. because i mean
1: how many full-time youtubers would there be in perth there's the Ribka twins who we've actually met personally they have like six million subscribers really yeah so you to hang out with them every, every day no nah, i should do um
0: <laughs> but you know <laughs> what i mean like in, in terms of like what i do like i, do, I, I, I work it, in the yeah. office with like maybe 150 150 people on our floor yeah. so there's um there's always interaction sure. even if i get bored of what i'm directly doing mm. i can walk over the other side of the office and soon go chat to somebody and like yeah. it can it can half be business sense so that no boss gets angry at me for just wasting time but a lot yeah. of the time I just go over there just to chat because I'm a bit over staring at this computer for so long and mm. I, I just need a, a break a 15 minute break to go talk to someone and just yeah. talk some shit yeah um, so I think that's the hard thing is like not having that yeah Um. you're just at your computer and when I get up to like rest my eyes and stop looking at a computer um, after a couple of hours I turn around and I look here and it's just like Dope. <laughs> I go out right there and speak to my plants and like, oh, how's your day going? Like, people, people would probably look at me on the balcony and just think I'm just some sort of weirdo. Like yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, they must have locked the, the loony houses up because like this guy is just fucking going nuts right now. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's probably the, the big thing is just having that sort of uh, escape to just go and chat to somebody.
1: 100%. I'm convinced like being alone and isolated, it sounds really redundant, sounds like the most obvious thing in the world, but being alone for a long period of time is not good for you. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I used to live in Abu Dhabi and most kids would go home to the summer of their country of origin, which would be like from June to August. Yeah. So I would, we didn't do that. I didn't fly back to Australia. For me, it's a longer flight for a start. My dad had a business over there. He just couldn't take holidays. So we didn't really take that many holidays when I was a kid. Um, So I would literally just be in the house for like three months on end. And I remember just, not to sound too heavy, it wasn't like a really dramatic moment, but I remember just like ball, like breaking down one day and I would just be like, why do I feel so weird as a 14 to 16 year old? Um, and it occurred to me like, I haven't left the house in like a month. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's just not good for you to yeah. think like that. You just start overthinking and, yeah. and things like that. So I think as I alluded to, if I pursue a career where I'm self-employed, I don't know if I could ever fully let go of working a part time job. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even if I can financially sustain it, if I don't have that structural like exposure to a social life, yeah, I d I don't think I could give it up. Like I don't think it would be good for me.
0: I think I think though, once you get to that stage, I don't think you'll be a one man band. I that's think true. I think once you get to that full time stage you'll have mm. a guy that's filmed for you. Mm. You'll have probably an editor. You you would by that stage I would oh, imagine sorry. you would have like built a team around you.
1: That's true. I mean Drews is kind of part of that team already. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I
0: I don't think you're just going to be this guy that just like shoots his by himself, <laughs> edits by himself, and uploads it by yeah. himself. I think by that stage you have a team. Yeah. Um, are. because you just wouldn't be able to handle it all. So like you'd be out shooting stuff all day. You'd be out filming yeah. things, going places, doing things. So I think you'll be a lot more social than maybe what you're, probably. you probably think at this moment.
1: That's probably true. Like or ideally, like that's assuming I make it. Like yeah, it's like it's a success. That would be. That'd be cool. It's just something to to bear in mind. Like that's something I'd be giving up if I ever moved away from Bunnings. That would, yeah, that would be a hard thing to give up. But. For
0: sure. So, um, yeah. if you haven't already, subscribe to True Footy.
1: True footy Let's yeah. get this man out of Bunnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Start a
0: hashtag called Free Jesse.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, well, I think I I've taken it. I've had a pretty quiet month on the old YouTube side of things. Kind of didn't plan to take a break, but.
0: Footy dies in uh, January. Yeah,
1: in and when you put a lot of effort into a video like I did, the uh, like a few weeks back, and it, it doesn't do well, um, then the desire to just keep grinding and working your ass off it's just it's not there. You're yep. not getting rewarded for it. So, yep. but um, there will be some things to come as well if you're a footy fan. So we're gonna keep that back up in February. So
0: does um, much like sort of how we see it on Instagram and whatnot, do the views sort of like directly tap into your Confidence and sort of tap into your worth. And is there any moments you have to check yourself that these views aren't the metric
1: of how well your life is going? Hmm. Um, there, it's a good question because there were so few times this year where the views were really good. <laughs> so it was just constantly mediocre, right, all through twenty twenty. So I I'll take it. Yeah, like it was fine. You're like, passing. Yeah. No, but I guess to answer your question, um, no, I, don't, I probably don't let it affect my like mental health too much there was um the, oh, it's hard to say it just peaks and troughs with the with the season you know what i mean like views were coming effortlessly sort of around that october period sure. um and i didn't get i probably yeah there probably is a sense of like oh this is gonna last forever mm-hmm. <laughs> and then december hits and it drops off um now nah, i'm saying pretty good at riding the highs and lows of views as such i definitely am too fixated on it like i'll when a video's is popping, I'll be checking it every five minutes as a compulsion. It's just yep. a weird habit I have. Yeah. Um, I'm addicted to my phone and I'm addicted to the apps. It gives me a little dopamine rush. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll say if a video really stinks, um, especially if it's in January, I can let it go. So yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. What about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we're probably not at that phase where you're really pouring into the analytics of Coldwell just right. yet. Um, we've had videos do well. Um, Last one was a little bit quieter, probably yep. because I don't have true footage to promote it sure. at the moment. So yep. that's probably why. But. So
0: if you are watching, um, if, you, if you could subscribe, like, and comment, because it helps the algorithm. It
1: does. Yeah,
0: apparently. That's um one of the YouTubers that I've been watching lately. He always says at the start of his videos. Oh, sorry, at the end of videos when he's logging off, he always Who's says, uh, more plates, more dates, Derek. Oh, yeah, yeah. He always says, uh, like and comment to help uh, the algorithm. Yeah. And then some days he gets real broad and he's like, can you like and comment because YouTube's algorithm is fucked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, at least he's being honest. Yeah. He, and then you, you're probably more likely to throw a video a like. Yeah, you will. Yeah. And, pe-
0: and you see like, people comment just saying like, people literally have now started the comments saying like, that algorithm would, yeah <laughs> or that was comment algorithm or help algorithm yeah and like he'll he'll go through and like and like because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're not like contributing much to like a conversation in the youtube in the comment section yeah. they're just they're just commenting to like help him because he obviously yeah. brings good content to him and like it's very um yeah it's just good content so they're helping him spread it and sort of mm. get it through youtube's That's fucked cool. algorithm as they say
1: yeah I, I don't really like too many videos i like like my mates like um like Jersey and stuff, because for that reason, I like True Geordie, even though he really doesn't need my, my likes. <laughs> I just do it anyway. I'm just like, boom, boom You're welcome, boom. True Geordie. Yeah. But otherwise, um other than being in the YouTube scene, like I don't I don't feel inclined to hit like if I like a video. I would only really do it to help someone. Sure. Yeah. What about comment? um I What's only comment sound? if I think the person's going to see it. It's like commenting on a Facebook post. Like, sure. well, why would you comment your opinion on a Facebook? First of all, the dregs of society comment on Facebook posts <laughs> and give their opinions, or, or boomers Yeah. <laughs> um, separating those two things, <laughs> um, but they are like, if you get stuck into a fight on Facebook comments, that just, that's a very bogan thing to yeah, do. I'm you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not about that life. Yeah, I'm not about that life. Yeah, um, and it's the same with YouTube. Don't get stuck into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no. it, yeah, if the creator's gonna, gonna read it, then that's different yeah I feel like yeah that's when it's worth it I wouldn't comment on, I've never commented on a true Geordie video do you do you know no, 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 yeah, no,
0: no, no. no I comment every now and then on like a Facebook post and that like if it's like basketball or something like that like I commented on a Facebook post yesterday that was um talking about like LeBron James and he's in like like season 17 or 18 of his career and he's averaging his the most points per game he's ever averaged or not ever but like that is comparing it to how he's playing this year versus how he played through like his Miami Heat days, where he was arguably at his like physical peak as okay. far as athleticism goes, yeah, uh, and like his M- his MVP seasons and whatnot. And he's averaging, like, more points than his MVP season. Like, he's basically having the best season wow. in his career at, like, season
1: 18. Right now? Yeah. Wow.
0: So, like, uh, that was a post, and I commented straight after saying, like, and yet he, would never, he won't win the MVP for the year. Yeah, Because yeah. it always happens. Like, year on year, LeBron is the best player in the league, but he doesn't win the MVP. because hey LeBron,
1: it, if you're reading this.
0: So, yeah, if you are. Um, <laughs> not. Not. Um, so I commented on that and saying that because I just like yeah and I got a few likes on. I was, it was gonna like, say
1: yeah if you think you're gonna get a few likes I can understand why you chuck it out there sometimes
0: <laughs> I, I just like having a comment about it. Like, some, like sometimes I do have a comment about it so I'll be like oh, I'll post it yeah yeah. Um, but I guess I it's t- when you
1: get stuck in with someone yeah it, which is not just like,
0: that's, that's just like me just sort of talking about it but it's just funny because yeah. then the people that um, a friends with me on Facebook will like start liking it. Like one of my nice. mates from Bridgetown liked it. Like obviously oh, really? saw the post and saw my comments. So he gave it a like yeah, and like yeah. just things like that. But um, other than that, um, blokes and their ice cream. I comment on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Explain that for people who don't know what that is. I don't want to it because it's a bit under is the... Is it? Not really, but it is
0: It is a page that you have to be invited to. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. So we'll leave it at that. Low key. It's yeah. an exclusive club. Yeah. In their ice cream, is it? But um, yeah. Um, you are planning on uh, making a few changes soon. You're going to be stepping up your YouTube responsibilities. Yes. As as it were. Yeah, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> the most pretentious way to say something. Uh, no, but you, you, are, you are got some things planned. Yeah. You're, uh, what you're looking at investing more energy into YouTube. Yeah. Talk about that. What are some fears? What are some things that you're excited about in terms of moving into that transition?
1: Mm. Um, I guess fears. I don't really have any fears. Um, I guess I'm not gonna lie. The COVID thing really dented my confidence in doing that. So why? Because if a lockdown threatens this season again, sure, then then it becomes a toss up of do I do this? Um, do I risk you know stepping down to part time and then you know investing in YouTube right as? Um, this happens when I could be making savings at a, not a really important time of my life, but like I'm starting to get momentum where I'm starting to save a bit of money, you know, like there's a trade-off there. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like if, if we get out of this two-week period okay, then then I'll just go back to the original plan. But um, um, I guess the only issues are probably that discipline that we alluded to we are talking about working from home. Um, I think the really good thing is that Druzy and I I have a plan, like without going into too specific things. Like we worked out a day of the week where we're going to do this and then we're going to commit to it for the season and we're going to make a, I don't want to say too much because he wants to sort of promote it on his channel a little Mm. bit, but, um, there's a project we have in mind and I think having that other person account, like accountable to another person is going to help me a lot because Mm. I think maybe a worry that I have is, uh, when I have an extra day off of the week, am I going to use it as effectively as I can? Yeah. I think that's a risk that anyone takes. And yep. it's something I've always been good at, but I've probably dropped the ball a little bit, especially over the last few months. It's summer. I barely looked at true footy. But um, yeah, just have it, building the discipline again to to use that time effectively and then maybe some small financial costs. But I think as far as taking a risk goes in your life, it's still a pretty conservative one that I'm taking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I'm quitting my job to no. be a ballerina. Just dropping
0: a day to... Yeah. Yeah. Work on that another, an extra day of the week.
1: Yeah. And hopefully it's exciting. Like, I think one of the tougher things about 2020 was just working full time on top of not feeling good and about true footy and feeling confident, like not feeling good in my life. And then obviously that having that effect on true footy. On top of that, I was tired from work because I was just working full time and I didn't have it in me to just make true footy the best it could be. Right. Um, And that's what's going to be different this year. So I really hope, um, we see a big step up in like pro, uh, production quality and just my level of quality. Like I hope I raise the bar again, mm. probably put a little bit of pressure on myself to do that. which yep. I think is a good thing.
0: Is the podcast going to be something that you're always going to do?
1: I think so. Cause we've got a sponsor now. So True. as long as the sponsor's there. Yeah, I think so.
0: So obviously that's probably the most time consuming content you can make.
1: You know what? It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, why is it not too bad? I think I've worked out a way to streamline the editing and then the exporting of it, which is when you basically make it from Premiere Pro to an MP4 file, like when it's ready to be uploaded. That takes like seven hours. I can just do that overnight. So I'm finding that part, it's not taking too much time. And that's like, that's the the core audience content that I make. So like you have your filler videos and you have your, your... um, I don't really have a term for me yet, but you have your videos that, you know, are going to attract a lot of new viewers and a lot of attention, um, with a juicy title, a juicy thumbnail, that's how I'd grow my channel. And the podcast is for the core audience who have been with true footy for a long time, sure. know us as people yep. like to listen to us in a, much like we're doing now, talk to us in a long un, sort of unscripted format. Like, yep. yeah, I don't know. So I think, I think that'll always be a core cool part of the, the show, true footy podcast. That was the first thing we did. Yep. So yeah, I can't imagine it going away.
0: Sure. Um, I had a question about it, I just forgot about it. Um, wh- wh- At what stage do you think, uh, like, trying to create a team would happen?
1: Um, I mean, I kind of broadly think of True Footy as already being a team. I don't think of myself as True Footy. I think, I think True Footy is a platform. I think you're broadly a part of True Footy because your input on the live streams. I think well, Joyce is obviously still part of it. Bush is still part of it. Um, And Druzy is part of it. Like, he's Druzy and I'm True Footy, but together we make drill footy (laughs) um uh, he did you just did you just leak something (laughs) no it's just the way i'm sitting um (laughs) inappropriate (laughs) um no uh what was i saying no i I kind of think of it as a team already but i i think do you mean like in terms of like paying people to do shit and Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's going to be the... I, I need to cut myself a salary before I can cut anyone else Sure, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and I kind of want to get good at... um, kind of want to get good at doing uh. everything. Like, I want to be a decent editor. Um, I want to do it, all aspects of it. And then over time, maybe just pick and choose the things I want to do. Maybe one day I'll be the, a producer of True Footy versus the guy on the screen all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like the, the kickoff is probably a good way that I've modeled it. It's... Um, their live streams you have like six regular people yeah so um yeah that's probably
0: um and is is this sort of all these changes and these things that you're about to implement is this you taking truthfully to the next level is is that is that what it's all about is that is that your intention is to try and push this to a new level and and invest more time invest more resources yep and that's what it is
1: yeah 100 percent. i have a decent crack um, 2019 was a huge fruitful year for YouTube on uh, AFL on YouTube. Everyone did pretty well, um, and I think we're all making better content now. Uh, obviously, the views didn't come in 2020. I'd like to think COVID was the reason. We'll see what happens. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding. People still did well in 2020, um, but I, I think I think I definitely have another level to go to in terms of what con- the quality of content I can make. Yep. Um, and it's always just been about having the time to invest in it. So
0: it's it's a great feeling, and it's just it's just uh, it's just good to have something in your life where you are passionate about it, and mm. and when you come to those stages where it is being like where you're at, you're at where it's like, all right, now I want to invest more, I want to do more, I want to take it to the next level. Like so far, it's sort of happened organically, but now, mm. like, I'm I'm ready to like make this my my primary focus. Make this my big. I think that's just like such a good thing to have in life, and it, it makes life so much more enjoyable. Mm. Um, it gives you it gives you such like an internal sense of. Purpose, fulfillment, mm. all those things, which I think are actually really vital for like mental health, really vital yeah. for um, just like having a reason to hop up in the morning and, and be c- confident and positive about something. Yeah, I think is awesome. So um, for anyone out there that is sort of like in a, situ- a similar situation to you, don't have to have like ten thousand subscribers on YouTube. Don't have doesn't mm. have to be anything like that. But if there is that one thing that uh you do love and you're passionate about, like I think all we can do is preach to take that step. Yeah. Like just go for it. Like regardless of age, people get caught up in like, is now the right time? Is, am am I ready to do it? Mm. I think the the worst thing you can do is put it off. Yeah. The best thing that you can do is take a leap literally um, yeah. go from that to just putting your full dick in it. Just go <laughs> nuts to clit. Just like just just get stuck in. <laughs> just go full balls deep. Yeah, yeah. Um gaping. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is it exciting for you? Do you do you sort of feel feel that uh that reason to wake up, have you got that purpose? Is is it sort of fueling some sort of motivation within you?
1: Right now it's just it's not a it's taking a backseat because sure. I've just had like I my my work's been busy. I've just changed roles. So that's kind of at the forefront of my mind. But I know like I've certainly had that feeling throughout true footy, just being pumped, like waking up early, grabbing a coffee and sitting down to work on a video. Like that is the greatest feeling. Sure. Um, I love every part of the process. Um, I think I'll feel even better about it once, you know, it's a reality, like once it's in front of me, Yeah. Um, once I've got that time, once I'm making videos that I feel good about, yeah. um, and enjoy, like that is good. I think I, it c- Truefooty definitely changed my life there's absolutely no two ways about it that's not an exaggeration um, I was just so much happier when I discovered it and I think I consider myself extremely lucky to have worked out what what it is that makes me happy a lot of people just don't know what they want like they don't know what they like they never discover anything in the same way that I've discovered YouTube and True yeah um, so I guess yeah the if anyone could take anything from this I love I love the um the notion it's a real Gary visom that you like, there's no reason why you shouldn't take a shot, and I, I don't mean that to everyone. Like, don't quit your degree to pursue YouTube if you're not 100% sure about it. Um, because a lot of people just fucking love accounting, like, there are people out there who just get their rocks off to uh, <laughs> to spreadsheets. Yeah, to <laughs> um,
0: uh, oh, I, I literally did a unit of accounting, but I just forgot it. Uh, what is it? Uh, costs and be- benefits and costs, or good. I can't think of it. I don't know
1: where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you do your balance sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, shows how much we know about accounting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think I think it's really good to to be self-aware and realize it, what it is, what you want. And I think that is half the battle. And I think I'm very lucky that that's the hardest part and I've, I've worked it out what I want to do. Um, it's to talk about footy for a living. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think um, the real telltale about it where you know that someone's got that mentality and where they've found that thing is what do you talk about when you're drunk? So like when I get yeah, drunk, when I get so drunk, I, talk, I want to talk about my job. Yeah, I, you I, talk I, about work, I like yeah. it cause I, I mm. like what I do and I, I have like a sense of passion about it. And I, and I see things that I want to do in the future with it. And I'm excited for that next step. I'm excited for the more responsibilities, all that kind of stuff. Mm. If you're someone and you find yourself getting drunk and you're talking about that thing, I think you've found it. That's I think, mean, I, I think you know what you want to do.
1: That's a great call. I love that.
0: I have just noticed it. Yeah. And like when you and Drizzy get drunk, the first thing you talk about is like YouTube and like, We're man, gonna fucking make it, bro. Yeah. And just so about like, man, I think you make, I think you make top quality con- content for for footy. I, th- I think we're there. I think we're there. I think we're the best. I don't think that the views are correlating exactly how good we are. I think we are there.
1: You're exposing us. Yeah.
0: Um, but it is true. Like when I get drunk, I talk about you do what you I'm really into, and, and when you get drunk, you talk about that. So I think yeah. that's that's like the first like the first sign that like mm. okay like I think you're starting to find what you're gonna do for the rest of your life Yeah, you get drunk and you talk about this thing constantly
1: yeah um, there was a time where I would talk about bunnies like that I remember the, being at o- OBH <laughs> that time and I was we were on the beers and I like you were talking to somebody and I was looking through my phone and looking at photos of bunnings shelves like looking because bunnings full. have
0: like an internal instagram type yeah, thing where like you can look at other stores and how they're merchandising and how yeah. their layouts are exactly and right. you were just you were just getting scrolling off to some bunnings through, porn like, <laughs>
1: scrolling through some lawnmower aisles and you're like are you looking at bunnings porn i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. like, oh
0: my god look at that fucking layout oh yeah that layout oh my god
1: <laughs> no i i love bunnings to be fair like i do um i do it's been a huge part of my life. Um, and How long have you been there now? Five years. And um, I think, like, I think I was saying this last night, I've gotten a lot out of it in terms of building self esteem, mm-hmm. building confidence. And I was saying, uh, at 27 years old, I've kind of had a unique opportunity to be a real, uh, get into some leadership roles. Yep. So um, I'm a supervisor, and at the moment, I'm running a team of like 50 to 60 people. Um, and it's allowed me to develop confidence and leadership skills in where if i practiced law which i did my degree in um i may still be a grad or i would just be a young lawyer like you'd
0: be bottom you'd be bottom run yeah yeah yeah
1: and that i mean that's fine it's just that i wouldn't have necessarily have been a leader before no now i don't know i just think for instance the confidence to um have an honest conversation with someone way older than you about them not doing the right thing like i think that's i've done that a million times now so i think that's been really good for me and i'm very grateful for all the um, opportunities i've had there which is
0: which yeah is and and that that's one of the the best things about these type of jobs um i know you mentioned before that you had a moment where you were sort of like insecure about saying that you worked at bunnings mm. but i think like right then and there like if you said if i if i was interviewing you for a job and mm. i said what have you been doing for the last five years and you said bunnings and then you just followed up with exactly what you said there mm. i would straight away be impressed yeah i'd be, okay. I'd be like that's great like that's that that is very true. That's something that is a massive positive that many people our age haven't got the That's opportunity true. to do. Yeah. So, um that is like one of the huge benefits of uh I guess these retail jobs. But then mm. in particular, working for Bunnings, which is a big company. Yeah. Um Bunning's a great place to work. You're not you're not dealing with like some small little bo- boutique yeah, like yeah. retailer. Like you're 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 in a company, you're in a business. Yeah. A big business. Yeah. And you are managing fifty fifty people. Mm. So like it is um it does hold weight and does hold value in that sense.
1: Yeah. I like, I would be my former role, not the one I'm in now, but I was like two IC in a department that made $20 million a year. Right. And it's like i running a little business. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the scale of it, I don't want to build it up with delusions of grandeur or anything, but, um, yeah, no, it's something I've always, it's always been a challenge. Like yeah. retail, being a retail manager or supervisor it is a challenge. And, um, I think I've grown a lot because of this role and I, yeah, wouldn't trade it for anything really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's good. I, I kind of had a similar situation when I f- left uni, because obviously I did my carpentry apprenticeship. Mm. Um, I became a tradesman, so I got my trade in carpentry. And then I went to uni, finished my uni, which was in property development and valuations. Um, and then I was working Bunnings and I kept my Bunnings job and just sort of moved to like, a just working like at nights and whatnot. Um, but then I picked up a little carpentry job for like this small little maintenance company, and was just a carpenter and just like used to do jobs from. Uh, but quite quickly they sort of realized that I wasn't just a carpenter. Like I, they obviously could see the traits that I went to union. I studied business, right? And I, I was, you know, I could handle paperwork. I could do all that kind of stuff. So very quickly they sort of like uh, gave me the keys in terms of said like we want you to sort of just run the carpentry side. Like you are mm. our builder supervisor now, um, and that was within within two months. That's good. Um, so eight weeks of just working and then they sort of realized that yeah, this like you can do it. So then from then on, I was like, you know, quoting on jobs. I was, I was, they gave me like a company phone. They made me cards up. They wanted me to go around and do BD, talk to people and say like, any sort of building maintenance, give me a call. Like, like I know what I'm doing. I can, I can take, take care of this stuff for you. So yeah, winning work, sort of quoting on jobs, doing all that kind of stuff. And I think that was like a, a cool little experience as well, which was mm-hmm. my first experience of like taking ownership of... Not only me, but of like a, a, an area of the business, mm. a section of the business was on me, and if it didn't do well, then it was like I was to win the blame. If it did well, then I was the one that got the credit. Yeah. So, which also like gives you so much more motivation, and I think that's important in a workplace to sort of like, at the risk of going on a tangent, um, I think in a workplace one of the best things you can do as a leader and as like uh, someone that's at the at the top of, of, of the business, of the food chain, for lack of a better word, um, is give people something to own. Mm. Give people something that they can be proud about. Give something that people can be motivated towards. Yeah. Um, because the biggest sign of if someone is going to do well in a job, I feel, is if they take pride in what they're doing. 100%. If, if there's something that you can really give them and say like, this is yours, I want you to own this, I want you to do this. If you do well, you're, you're going to get all the praise. If it does poorly, unfortunately, you're going to cop it as well. Yeah. So this is on you. And I think giving people that sort of ownership and that uh, sort of responsibility generally, if they're, if they're good employees, will thrive under those situations, 100%. which I think is what uh, Buddings have done with you. They're obviously, seen that you're a talented person, you're obviously very intelligent, can articulate well, someone that they would be keen to keep around in the business. So the first thing they, sh- they do is they give you these roles. They give you these things to be proud about, to take ownership of. Mm. And I think that's such a motivating factor, which I think is like... If you're one of those people that your company picks out, I think it's a huge compliment to you.
1: Mm. Oh, cheers. Yeah. I um oh yeah, I must admit I've fallen for the all the motivational tactics that they've put on me. I've just <laughs> completely just sucked it up, um, line and sinker. But it, another part of that is also I in turn also have to do that to my team, the team that I'm managing. Sure. Yeah. I um and that's something I learned pretty early on, like initially my role i used to think was just be like be like uh, autocratic just be like hey uh, we need you to do this, this 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 everyone has a role all right cool and then let them do it and whatever they couldn't do i'd be the backstop and just try and fix everything at the end if yeah. that makes sense i'd yeah. be the backstop but um i it took me a long time before i started thinking about like motivational tactics and stuff like that getting people like you said to to um to own a certain area and then have that reflect on them and make them accountable for that. And mm-hmm. then also like we do this thing at Bunnings, if when we're ready for the weekend, we take photos of, you know, good looking bays uh, in all aisles. Um, and then now we're getting the team to do that rather than it used to be like a leader would do it. Um, they would post it on the little internal workplace, Instagram kind of thing. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, when, when you feel like it's a reflection of you, that's, yeah, that's when you are motivated. Otherwise, like it's just a temporary, like if you just kick, crack a whip at someone, they're going to work as hard as they think somebody's watching Yeah. versus really taking ownership of something. Yeah.
0: And uh, and I, I think the best thing about it is at the end taking like a sense of, or feeling a sense of like accomplishment mm. like when you look back and, and that's what you achieved. And yeah. like, I think that's like the best thing about it, um, which I guess my work did in a sense as, as well. I've sort of taken on the role as like the industrial guy, mm. so now it's industrial's on me, and, and I like that because then I take a sense of pride in the, like the evidence that I get. Um, if I if I get like a really interesting sale or I analyze a really interesting sale, I can go tell people and I can tell them like this property sold for this this kind of yield, blah 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 blah, mm. uh, without using terms that no one's gonna understand. Yeah. Um, and same with rent. If I if I get a real contract like uh, confidential rent that like a big a big company signed a lease at this big factory or big facility and I can say like, yeah, at least for this much, but like, how do you know that? And it's like, I just know, like I just, I, I found out I got, I got it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff. If you, if you give me the reins in a sense and, and you give me mm-hmm. those, uh, the ability to like showcase that I can own something and that I like, I can use uh, common sense and a bit of, uh, just in uh, internal, interest and, and, and just like uh, intelligence to be able to like make small decisions along the way and, and small problems come up, like knowing that I can trust my own judgment. I don't have to like sort of relay it back to someone it, I can make my own judgment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I thrive on those situations as well.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you I think you and I are both pretty self-motivated people in addition to all that mm-hmm. as well, would you say? Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of motivation, because I've known for a while I didn't want to have a career at Bunnings like long term. Uh, I'm not trying to make it up the, the ladder as such, but... My motivation for the longest time was to make my boss, who was like one of my best friends, um, make him look good. Yeah. So like I would just bust my ass and I would be happy doing it. I'd be like, I really want to make this the best department in the store. Yeah. And then, you know, he ended up getting promoted, not because of me, but like I was a small part of that. Um, and now, now I've got this new role, I've set this challenge of having to fix issues in, without saying too much, like I've been set a challenge. And I'm super motivated to do it, even though I know that in a, few months i'll be doing youtube more then i'll be well you know i'll be, be stepping down to some extent um i'm super motivated because i kind of want to prove it to myself that i can do this yeah and i think yeah that that's just like we talked about the gym as well just setting yourself goals and um like i can get a lot of validation from from work like it's an important part of anyone's life when work's going well that affects your confidence yeah you know what i mean so i really want to prove myself in this small period that i can Fix these issues, mm-hmm. and then, I'm, then I can let it go. That's, that's kind of where I'm thinking at the moment. But
0: um, you've sort of alluded to the fact that Bunnings is a really good environment to work in. So mm-hmm. It's a good workplace. Mm-hmm. Have you worked in any like real toxic workplaces, and what were they like, and what was the difference between those toxic workplaces and Bunnings?
1: I yeah. So I used to work in hospitality. I probably won't name the place specifically on camera, mm-hmm. just because it's a very well-known place in Perth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, it was hospitality. And I think the culture generally around hospitality is very hit and miss. I think the Bunnings culture is strong. Yeah. I, um, I heard the other day someone make a really good point just as a little side note. We, they made a comment about the Coles culture being average. Have you ever listened to the way people talk to each other at Coles? Have you ever stopped and like noticed it? No, not. not they really, really bark at each other, right? Eh? They do? Yeah. And I didn't work at Coles, so that's not me. Trashing yeah. a place I used to work. Yeah. But yeah, if you listen to it, the way that Bunnings team members speak to each other and the way Coles team members every sure. time we pick someone up from Coles, they're all like really matter of fact people just call you out and you're shit. Really? Like, yeah, it's just it's quite strange. But anyway, um for me my toxic work environment was just a bad manager. He was I mean, he was smart, but he would just He was quite rude. Everyone yep. kinda hated him. Yep. Um and to be honest I would get I used to work like once a week at this place. So like wasn't like I built confidence every day going there. When you work, obviously, once a week at a place, you don't have time to get confidence. So I actually had a little bit of anxiety every time I drove to that place. Yeah, sure. I'd be like, I, I don't like working here. I'm here for the money. Yeah. Um, I'd be praying it was a bit different manager on at the time. Um, yeah, like that That was pretty much the source of it. But it was a good learning experience as well. What, what about yourself?
0: Yeah. Um, so again, not going to name any places, obviously, but I think the one thing that I can definitely point to is um just like how we spoke about motiv- motivating factors and motiv- motivating uh tactics which is uh giving someone something to own giving something to mm. someone that they, something that they can take feel like get a sense of accomplishment from uh and put a put their own sort of stamp on it and, mm. and be proud of it i think the other alternative is when managers use fear to
1: motivate you yeah which is exactly what the guy would right do, it's part. so toxic and it makes yeah. you feel
0: just fucking terrible like yeah. you just hate your life you hate going there you hate being there uh you're working out of this like this sense of anxiety and yeah. this anxious feeling is, is motivating you and making you work hard yeah and it again just like yeah you're, just, you're working so you don't get yelled at and instead mm. of working because uh you you want someone to look at it or you want your boss to look at it and you know they're going to give you praise for it yeah then you know they're going to be like mate that is outstanding great Mm. job instead of just like them putting fear in you and when you do a good job them just saying like yep that's your job so why should i thank you yeah like like that's what you're here for that's why i pay you yeah i think i think that's probably the toxic thing that i've i've noticed in workplaces was Mm. um yeah using fear to motivate uh and it just doesn't work it's it's yeah you might get the job done for a short period but one your turnover of staff is going to be high yeah which is people aren't going to expensive. stay there long
1: that's a, that's a business and expensive to the business for sure
0: and it's uh it's time consuming you got, you've got to train people constantly because yeah. yeah. no one no one's staying there to uh who's experienced to keep, keep the place running um and yeah it's just going to result in a shit culture
1: yeah 100 percent. yeah I, I think that's one thing i'm big on at the moment especially my new role uh, it's kind of managerial without i'm not i don't have a title of manager but as i said i'm running a team of like 50 people yeah um and i'm big on just driving the culture just like i'm trying to earn the respect of them by getting down on the trenches with them doing the hard yards to some extent and um also just not i'm being firm but fair as well mm-hmm. um firm but also like i make a lot of jokes like you know me i'm pretty yep. uh pretty jokey kind of man mm-hmm. like the silliness that i'm around with you like i'm like that at work yep. but then i'm also like Serious uniform standards. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite like that, but um, yeah, it's um, no, it's good. Um, there's nothing worse than working in fear. Yeah, yeah. I think the best, the most motivated I've ever been for work is when I worked with like one of my best friends. I would literally, if I was rusted for a nine to five, I'd wake up at seven and be like, I "Might just go to work. Just go there a bit early. Just smash out as much work as we do because I really, really wanted to make the department as best as I could. Um, especially if my mate was there that day, we would just. There's nothing better than like owning something with a really good friend as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a pretty unique experience, which is probably partly why I stayed at Bunny so long, to be honest.
0: Is it hard um, only being slightly older than the people that you're trying to manage? Like what, what are some of the obstacles that you've got to try and navigate around that other people that haven't been in that situation wouldn't be aware
1: about? So the gap's kind of broadened now. I'm actually a bit like five or six, seven years older than okay. some of the people I'm managing. Um, I have managed people much older than me, and I still am. Um, but I guess the other way to look at that question is I am friends with a lot of these people. Yes,
0: so how, that, that that was more my question. Yeah, how how yeah. do you sort of navigate through that? Of being friends, and obviously like you you might go out on the piss with them and things like that. Ooh. And having that relationship where it you, you walk this like really like narrow tightrope yeah. almost yeah. of like your mates are them. And you want to keep that because yeah that's great. Everyone wants to have mates. It's good for your mental health. It's good for your social, mm-hmm. um, so living all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then still having that authority, I guess. And yeah. that, that still, uh, still making sure that there's a respect level that like they're aware that like your word is much higher than just like a mate saying like, Oh, could you do this for me, please? And then being, being like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like you still need to have that respect
1: I haven't really had, because I'm pretty fresh in it. I haven't had that come up too much. Like I haven't had any obstacles. I think the team buys in generally pretty well, mm. and I think that's the biggest thing. The, the way I liken it is to be the kind of leader I want to be is like a like a footy captain. Yeah. So still one of the people, yeah. But also the, someone that calls the shots. Yeah. And I guess the best way is just to be honest with them and be like, hey, this is what we're trying to achieve um have I've, you ha- have you had those conversations have you i like, haven't had to have a stern conversation with somebody that i'm friends with what about day.
0: what about have you had a conversation so coming into the role did you ever have a conversation letting them know like hey this is my vision this is how i want to run it like i'm i am you guys i am i we are a team if, if it was a football game we'd all be on the field but i want you guys to respect if i have something to say i want you guys to respect it and act on it and that's if we do that then we're fine we can have fun we can do all that kind of stuff yeah but i am the leader but I'm one of you. Like, did you mm-hmm. ever have to have that sort of Not yet. conversation? No. Not yet. Do you think no. it's worth it? Do you think it'd be good to like maybe like for example hold like a like maybe go to Bunnings, go to your higher ups and say, if I'm stepping into this new role and I want to do it properly, can I set up a a day, an afternoon, a night where we where I get all my team together, mm. I maybe take them out, we buy drinks, uh, or we buy food, I buy food for them, That's and I, I sit down and I have this this conversation with them because. I want to sort of set the standard. I want to sort of set the culture within my team, so a culture within a culture. Um, would one would Bunnings go for that? Would they Would they say give you a company card and be like, "Yep, go go, shadow more lunch," or and and also, would do you think that'd be worth it?
1: I think well, I think we have something called a bi monthly, which um, which is just a team meeting where we literally buy pizza for everyone. Oh, the, so that is a structured perfect. thing within Bunnings. Yeah, I haven't had that yet because I'm still pretty new in it. Yeah, um, and also COVID kind of throws that out as well. Sure team of 50 people yeah, crammed into it and sharing pizza and whatnot. Yeah. Um, look, a hundred percent. I'm already kissing each other. Yeah. <laughs> I run a tight ship. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all really close. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, I, uh, I was certainly will be doing that. I'm already thinking about the things I'm going to be saying uh, when that time comes, but I haven't had to put the stern word and be like, Hey guys, um, you need to take me seriously. I've just literally just got stuck in um, helped, and just, well, I feel like I've done my best to earn their respect as one of the team, mm-hmm. and then also just be authoritative in calling the shots. I probably micromanaged a little bit in the first week, but I'm just trying to set the high standards early. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, no, so far so good. I think uh, they're at least showing me respect for what, what they think of me in their private. Um, and that's the other thing as well. You risk like people that you like, you might turn off you. Yeah. And I just have to shut off to that. I yep. like, my my philosophy in life now is. What people think of me is their business. Yeah, and if they don't share it with me, that's not my business. So, yep. I'm prepared for people to maybe enjoy my company a bit less. Yeah, but um, but I will strive to retain their respect. I think that's the important part, um, which is so far so good. But it is early days. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> is
0: there? Have you noticed much difference between managing people that are like full time? and or part-time mm. where like they have bought in where they are contracted employees mm. um, versus the casual employee. Like have you noticed a difference between how they both sort of react to your, I don't, don't want to say demands, but like to your, your calls. Like if you mm. say like, we want to focus on this, um, have you seen a difference in like maybe work ethic and, and the way they, they come to work because one is obviously bought in right one's obviously contracted where like this is now a thing that they do regularly and this is this is their job um they're doing it to support themselves on the other hand you get uni students where they're just coming in to earn a little bit of money so that on the weekend they can get pissed is there a difference like between the quality of worker they are
1: it's a great question and the answer is it's a mixed bag across the board cool and it's just personality type yeah i have uh, I'm reluctant to say so much. What I'll, what I'll say is that Bunnings is a cross section of society. So there's some people, um, in theory who probably just not that motivated. And then there's people who, regardless of whether they're a casual uni yep. student, they're going to give their best shot, yep. um, every time they're there. And yep. I, yeah, again, I, I can't really say too much no. specifically on here. I don't want to say the wrong thing, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but for sure it's a mixed bag. There's, yep. um, I, I get what you're asking me, um, I would also say that age can sometimes bring maturity issues as well, because you know we employ uni students. Um, Not Mm. that that's been a real problem, but yeah, that's just something to consider as well. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to flat bat that answer. (laughs) I just don't want to say something. (laughs) No, obviously we don't want to
0: get you in trouble for saying things that you that you shouldn't about things. But it's, I think it's just an interesting topic talking talking to a a young uh, like leader in a in a team in a business sense. Mm. Um, There's a lot of like cool questions like that that I that come to my mind. I'll Um, answer off here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> nah, okay i'm just kidding um yeah no i get it is a good question um but the the truth is it's, it's personality types yeah it's a cross-section yeah. of society like when you work in a big team you just see all sorts and
0: yeah no that makes a lot of sense that that answers it as, as well as we need mm. um yeah yeah cool well sort of running out of things to say so I uh, guess that's it's
1: good p- we've actually gone on for ages um and i have 16 battery i just realized also oh, i should probably get going so okay we well say. i
0: think we should take this as a natural step to sort of close it, close it and tie it all together. Um, it was, a, it was going to be a podcast about COVID. Yep. We, did, we did touch on it, we'd talk about it, but it slowly turned into a business chat, um, yeah. talk about managing, yeah. talk about uh, toxic and healthy work cultures, um, which I think all in all was all great topics and good sure. content. Good content. Hit that um, red button. <laughs> so yeah. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, we have been a bit more consistent with the uploads. And I think we will going forward. I think uh, I'm enjoying it lately. I don't know about you, for sure. um, but it has been fun. I've been enjoying sitting down, having this conversation. So, again, if you've made it this far, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Give us a like, a comment to help the algorithm. It's gonna be my new thing. Nice. Um, thanks for joining us on the on the tripod, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Catch
1: gotcha, you guys. Thank you.